0: Welcome to the Lead Volunteers Podcast. I am your host, Josh Denhart. The Lead Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, get organized, stop the revolving door of volunteers, and prevent ministry burnout. This podcast is a production of the leadministry.com suite of resources, which includes our flagship course, Lead Volunteers, How to Recruit, Train, and Retain Volunteers. Let's jump into the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Lead Volunteers Podcast. My name is Josh Denhart. Grateful that you're here. Hey, uh, got an exciting interview today with a very, very good friend of mine, actually. So Brian Dollar, uh, he and I have been friends for a while, but you know what? Sometimes you just find those people that you got a special connection with. So I'm grateful for Brian. We're going to have a great conversation today about something that's often overlooked. And so grateful for you today, Brian. Thanks for being here with us.
1: I am glad to be with you, and oh, there's the dollar bills, of course. <laughs> That's right. So, if you're watching, I didn't ask you in our pre-warm uh, up. You throwing dollar bills at me again? Yeah. Um, but did, there, they did, there they are.
0: Did I show you that before? Is that on your uh, the other interview? Did I do that? Yes. Okay. Well,
1: right after you had done confetti for uh, Michaela White for, for Yancey I think. Or oh, okay. no, it was for Michaela. Yeah. Yeah. And, well. Uh, So I was like, hey, do I get my confetti? And you said, I got something better. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it. So if anybody is watching on YouTube, if anybody's watching on YouTube, of course, Brian Dollar, I had an overlay of a bunch of falling dollars. So you can't beat that. Can't beat that. Well, Brian, grateful that you're here, buddy. Thanks for coming on.
1: I am happy to be here. And I know that uh, you've got a very attentive and responsive audience. So I'm excited to be able to have this conversation with you and hopefully... Uh, bless them in the process.
0: Absolutely. Well, here's the deal. We're talking today about senior pastors and the relationships they're in. So, of course, we want to define it. We want to develop it. And finally, we want to have your help so that we can do it. So, number one, healthy relationships with your pastor. Help us define that as we kind of start out.
1: Well, you know, I have been serving uh, my pastor Rod Loy. Uh, we've been together for 23 years. Wow! Uh, he wasn't he wasn't the lead pastor the whole time. He was executive pastor for about two years before he became lead pastor. Uh, well, while I was with him, anyway, uh, but we've been working together, and I've been working under him and serving him for 23 plus years. So, wow! Uh, there've been a lot of highs. You know, a lot of lows. Uh, we've had some bumps in the road, some issues that we've had to work through and deal with, like any other relationship. Uh, but ultimately, uh, we we have such a great working relationship. If I can kind of talk a little bit about what that looks like, sure. Um, you know, he and I have actually been writing together for goodness almost twenty years now. Uh, we started back in two thousand five. Um, where I would write for the kids based on his message for the adults. And so the whole family could be on a learning journey together. Yes. Uh, we, would, we would take writing retreats and kind of uh, flesh out what the, the, the year would look like. Uh, we travel together a lot. Uh, wow. And even then, uh, we, we, we spend a lot of time together, not just at work, uh, but I think in the last week I've been at his house uh, twice and we were at dinner Uh, out at a restaurant last night so we actually get along and we we actually have a good uh relationship together so that didn't come by accident yeah that's what I was
0: going to say it those things happen by intentionality am I right yeah and so that's kind of what we're talking about and by the way the reason why we're talking about this is by and large a lot of staff people typically don't have a great relationship with their senior pastor that's why it's an issue
1: it's very true. And I, I, I do a little bit of, of traveling around the country, but when I talk to staff uh, pastors and even those who are uh, volunteers uh, on their staff, um, when, when I pick up on the fact that there's not a healthy relationship there, yeah. um, a lot of times I'll, I'll hear, well, you know, I'd love to do big things in my area of ministry, but my pastor doesn't share my vision, you know, or, um, <laughs> You know, if it weren't for my lead pastor, I'd love serving at my church. I mean, that, when you hear that, that it just breaks your heart. You are like, "Oh my goodness, that's a horrible place to be." Um, but a lot of times, when I hear that, and, and Josh, you 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 jump in here, but I, I begin to wonder, um, what do you as the staff pastor? What do you think is the cause of that? You know, if there's yeah. if there's a rift, if there's not. Uh, if you're not together, if you're not on the same page, who's to blame? You know, yeah. um, well, most of the time, staff pastors they have in their mind, pastors to blame because he's the leader. He's supposed to. Yeah. He's supposed to be the one who's kind of setting the tone for this relationship. And so, if it's not, well, that's that's their part. That's their their fault. Their it's their job to lead me, not my job to help uh, develop this relationship and help it be healthy. So that that's a very backwards way of looking at
0: it. Right. And so in other words, kind of like the second big point that you've provided for us is often people think that it's the senior pastor's job to tend to and make this relationship great. And what you're saying is it's not just their job.
1: No, any relationship is a two way street. Right? right? I mean, there's no, there's no relationship, husband and wife, uh, friendship. Uh, I mean, you and I, we've been friends for 10 plus years, I yes. think. And, uh, you know, it's not just me calling you, or it's not just you texting me. Uh, we both participate in this relationship, right. and we reach out, and we we pray with each other. We do all the things that are needed to build a, a healthy relationship. And so, Even to the point know,
0: where, when there have been challenging things in each one of our lives, there's been a reciprocal relationship yeah. where we lean into one another. That's what a relationship is for.
1: A- a- absolutely. It's a two-way street. And you know, lead pastors don't—they don't—they don't come in a one-size-fits-all. I realize everybody's situation that's listening here or watching. Um, there's a, a vast array of personality types that are leading their churches. Yep. Um, uh, there's a lot of history there. There, there may be some issues that they're carrying. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can uh, say affect a relationship and make it good or bad. Agreed. But what I've found is that there are some key uh, actions that you can take and some key principles that you can believe and put into practice that that no matter what your situation these principles and practices will help develop and maintain a healthy relationship with your lead pastor
0: okay so what we're talking about today is senior pastor lead pastor staff people we like you got to get along it's really 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 important thing however it's not all on them. So, yeah. take it away. Where should we start, Brian?
1: Well, the best place to start. Uh, I made a commitment long ago. Uh, I pray for my lead pastor and his family every day. Uh, it's part of my daily uh, time with the Lord. I pray. Uh, 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 you know, i just and I've told him I have a commitment to pray for him. I pray for his walk with God. Yes, uh, I pray for uh, wisdom in leading our church. I pray for the spiritual uh, vitality of his family. Listen, I pray for his marriage and I pray that he and uh, Cindy will have a a thriving relationship and that the enemy will not be able to drive any kind Mm -hmm. of wedge between them. Um, When you pray for your lead pastor, even when there is an issue, here's Mm -hmm. here's what I, it's an old saying, I don't know who to give credit for, but uh, I love it and I live by it. Sometimes what we do when there's an issue, we go and we talk to other people about it instead of talking to, number one, your pastor, or talking to the Lord. See, when you when you talk about people to people, you'll grow to hate them. That's right. But when you talk about people to the Lord, you'll grow to love them. I think
0: that's true. I just had a podcast interview with somebody and we were talking about volunteers and how to shepherd and love them. Interestingly enough, the number one point was to pray for that problem volunteer because your heart is going to grow in terms of your love for them. It is almost as this person on the podcast said, it is almost impossible to, to harbor bitterness or hate or anger for somebody that you're praying for. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And, and that's the thing is that uh, a lot of times that tension builds in and it's it's not always based on horrible, sinful things. I mean, it's just relationships have tension sometimes. They do uh, there. You want to go this direction. They want to go this direction. And sometimes there's not good communication, whatever. Uh, but when that tension arises, uh, when there is an issue, uh, we exacerbate it by uh just holding it in or or just talking with others instead of just releasing it to the Lord and letting him, number one, probably change our perspective because most of the time those (laughs) feelings are are a result of us (laughs) just deciding to be very uh, uh, selfish in our perspective. Um, So he helps me see things differently, but also uh, he helps heal the wounds that sometimes happen. I mean, my pastor has said things that really hurt my feelings. He had Understood. no intention to do that. Understood. He wasn't trying to, but man, it, it cut deep uh, because he's somebody I respect and and love. And when he thought it was just kind of an offhanded joke, uh, it cut deep. Well, guess what? When I began to pray through that, the Lord began to remind me of the depth of love and care that my pastor has for me and Absolutely. how he would never, ever. Uh, do something like that on purpose. And so suddenly those feelings disappeared. And I never had to go and say, hey, you said such and such. Well, we didn't have to have that moment because right. God changed my heart and he helped me see things a little clearer. So pray for your pastor daily.
0: I think that's huge. So number one, pray daily for your pastor. And I think a lot of people out there who are listening to this, Brian, I think that I, I, I just am going to make an assumption that a lot of people are kind of like, that's new for me yeah (laughs) i I really do believe that and i think that you know there is a there's a an unknown unwritten barrier often between the senior leader and the staff not because i remember a senior pastor said to me one time hey listen when when the senior spat when the senior pastor speaks it's with a bullhorn he doesn't even intend to if he has any small criticism it's taken with a bullhorn." if he says hey I didn't really like how that went that's almost as if he's screaming that because he's the senior pastor holding a bullhorn so we have to stop and say you know is that is that the bullhorn speaking and I'm hearing it as a bullhorn or is it truly he's coming down on this right so my encouragement to those that are out there make a commitment 2023 make a commitment to pray all right number two what do you got Brian
1: uh, I own my pastor's vision. Uh, I don't just understand it. I don't just know what it is, but I own it. I am. Uh, we have to realize, as as staff leaders, as staff mm-hmm. pastors, we are uh, an extension of our pastor's heart and his That's ministry. Right. Um, the only reason why I have the position that I have is because my pastor can't be everywhere all the time. He's the leader of the church, and he has asked me to come alongside him uh, to help uh, flesh that vision out. So, you know, if we can kind of—most my of my background is kids' ministry, so if I could speak to that just for a second. Um, Kids' ministry leaders have the toughest time with this because they're not in the sanctuary most of the time. So they're not hearing their pastor's messages. They're not hearing his heart. Uh, They see them maybe in staff meeting, or if they're a volunteer, they don't even see that. Uh, And so they end up being in a situation where they don't even know their pastor's vision. And so I encourage them, hey, it's your responsibility to know it. And so you need to to get the recording or or watch online during the week of the pastor's message that week. You need to let that sink deep into your heart. And then you need to... Uh, communicate that to the kids and ex- express that as much as you can with your 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 ministry team. Own your pastor's vision right. and communicate that to those you lead, and suddenly uh, that that helps you understand what makes him tick. It mm-hmm. helps you understand uh, what 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 allows your pastor to uh, you know to how they feel about your community about mm-hmm. your
0: the. Mm-hmm. Your,
1: when you own that, suddenly there's a, there's 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 kind of an invisible, uh, what am I trying to say, a, a, a tie yes. that binds the two of you.
0: Yes, and a connection. That is important. And I would say that, here's the way that I've thought about it, Brian. If, if the church that I'm serving at was smaller, and then even smaller and then even smaller the senior yeah. pastor would probably be running the children's ministry at some level yeah so stick with
1: overseeing, me. volunteer o- whatever overseeing
0: everything I remember the yeah. senior pastor that I had when he planted his very first church he did the children's message every single week in front of the kids the kids came up he did every single role and it was only yeah. as the ministry grew that somebody that like a, 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 a leg of the stool needed to be added for the thing to pop yeah. up and then it grew a little bit bigger. And so I am truly, and some people might say, Hey, listen, I'm my own man. Listen, it's all good. But the church is being, he happens to be the guy. And if it was smaller, he'd be doing it all. The reason you're there is that he can't do it all.
1: I I fully agree. And that leads me to number three. Okay, And this might be a little bit controversial depending on what, uh, uh, background people have and, and the way their, uh, their church is structured. Uh, but in, in my setting and in, in, in what I think personally is the best way for us to operate. Uh, I have to understand that I'm a servant first to my lead pastor, then to the church. Right? So in that relationship, he, he is, is who I answer to and serve first. Uh, and the church is second. And the reason why I bring that up is because I, I think a lot of times uh, people try to uh, play us against each other. Uh, you know, uh, they they try to say things like, well, you know, if you were leading this church, you, you would do da-da-da-da-da. Uh, or if they know there's a little bit of a rift, they say, well, I, I took your side. You know, I believe you, you, whatever. Listen, uh, that will, if you allow that kind of talk, Right, um, You allow anybody to speak those words to you, uh, even if you don't out loud agree, um, just by you listening to it, you are condoning that spirit and that attitude, and I don't care who you are, it will affect you. It will poison your spirit. Yes. So do not even listen to that kind of mess. Well, you know Realize what the, 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 yeah, the, proverbs,
0: the Proverbs say that the words of a whisper go deep into the bones. They go deep. They do, and you you and can't you can't unhear that stuff, and it it becomes toxic and poison.
1: Yeah, and and here's the deal: your your pastor deserves to have staff members who will stand beside him in, with integrity and, and with loyalty, and that doesn't mean you know that your pastor is the best most. Perfect person ever. No, they, they have flaws and they probably do stupid things sometimes. <laughs> but you have to trust that God has you in the place that He has yeah. you for a reason. And so you serve your pastor gladly and you value your pastor's vision and heart. And do not let anyone in the church uh, drive a wedge between you and your leader. Yeah. And that will destroy the church in a heartbeat.
0: Hey, podcast listeners, I want to put our podcast on hold for just a moment and let you know about something that you may not be aware of. Now, I love when I get to bring live training to a local church. Now, if you want to give your team the gift of training, inspiration, or encouragement, consider hosting a lead ministry live training for your people. Now, the live trainings can be in person or they can be digital. Now, I have created a world-class in-home studio from which I teach, train, and coach virtually. I have all of the gear and all of the know-how to bring a top-shelf virtual training that is engaging and is also affordable. Simply go to leadministry.com forward slash speaking. Again, that's leadministry.com forward slash speaking. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Well, I'll never forget one time uh, I was in my senior pastor's office and he, we were talking about some stuff and, and, and I, it was appropriate inside of the conversation. I said, I just want to let you know how often I defend that which you do. And, and, you know, maybe you make a mistake. You know, I want to let you know that I am, that I am, I'm defending that. And I am flanking you to make sure, uh, and you know, that, that can be really hard sometimes when it's like, okay, this was actually a decision I don't agree with. And I have, I, you know, listen, you can disagree behind closed doors and I have, but when that, when that meeting is over, it's a unified front and that's the way that it goes.
1: Well, I'll just go ahead and jump into it because that was one that's coming later, but I'll okay. just make it the next one. I, I may disagree with my pastor in private, but mm-hmm. never in public. Been uh, there, that lived that. huge. Because we, we, we both know we don't agree with every decision that our pastor makes. And, and, and that's and, not
0: the message that you're sending. It's not that no, all of a sudden okay. this is just like lockstep uniformity. Behind a closed door, I may give some serious pushback, and I did.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you're not, you're not agreeing. Uh, that Here's the deal. My pastor wants me to disagree with him in private. Mm-hmm. He wants to push back. He wants to hear the other side. And, uh, you know, most of the time, I mean, he's a pretty brilliant dude. So he's he, he's thought about it a lot before he brings something to the sure. table for us to talk about. But sometimes he's missing something and he he just didn't know about. And so he wants us to provide that other side. But there have been times, even when I give him the other side, he says, you know, we're not going that direction. We, I feel very strongly this is what we need to do. Well, I felt just as strongly that the other thing was what we needed to do. But guess what? When I walked out, after we finally, he said, nope, this is what we're doing. I didn't go to the people and say, well, I wanted to do this. But Pastor Rod, he said, this is what we're doing. So I guess that's what we're doing. No yes. way. I walked up to him and I said, hey, we discussed it. And here's the decision we made yes we made that's right because what we decided was we are going to be unified that's right not uniformity but unity now that's a
0: big deal there's a difference between uniformity and unity I that's a big one we could camp on that for a while I do want (laughs) to say that that I have watched staff leaders use what I call innuendo which 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 means they disagree They were behind closed doors, they gave their opinion, and then when they came out, they were, plausible deniability, I officially agreed with my words, but my body language was communicating, which by the way, I think it's what, 54% or something like that is your body language? That's that's what's communicated, I I, I have a stat someplace. But through innuendo, I've watched people and I'm like... You, my friend, are, that's sedition right there. You yeah. are in yeah. absolute abject rebellion against what he's saying, and you're letting everybody know that, but your words have said that you agree, but you yeah. are not agreeing. So that's kind of a challenging one too.
1: And if you think that he's never going to hear about that, you're wrong. That's people, right. People, people will carry that message back to him, and he'll, he will number one, uh, that will be very offensive to him, but also... Yeah. That, that that destroys any kind of trust that he has with you
0: it does in in the birds uh what you say what the, i can't remember the exact proverb but it says uh, uh you know the the, the 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 birds will hear it and will carry it to the master
1: <laughs> you are the king of proverbs man yeah you know
0: well you know brian as an aside i have read the book of proverbs every single day a chapter a day for 25 years, straight up.
1: Wow, that's, that's great.
0: been a commitment I've had. Okay, moving on. What's another one?
1: Well, uh, number five, uh, I look for opportunities to serve. Uh, I look. Now, I don't just respond to requests because, I mean, my pastor, he never asks for help for anything. I mean, like, he just doesn't, he's just like that. He He's, he's not somebody who's going to uh, just constantly be asking us to do this and do that. He knows we're busy. He knows we got a big... Uh, plates that we uh, have full, sure. uh, so he's not going to ask for that. But what I do is I look for places that I can fill in the gaps. Yeah. And so, like when I'm when I'm uh, traveling with him, um, I notice that there's that you know he's you know he's got his computer bag, he's got a lot of stuff when he's speaking i want him focused on the task that he's been called to do so right. i carry a computer bag for him i i'll jump ahead and and you know make a call uh to wherever we're headed make sure everything's uh, all, all put together i'm looking for ways to take the burden off of Fair. him so that he can focus on what god's called him to do yes but even around the church i'm constantly looking for ways that i can minister not just to him but to his family and to ways that uh, that I can serve and take any load off of him that I possibly can. But I look for those opportunities. And yeah, I always you're, have my, you're on my the radar. lookout.
0: You're on the lookout.
1: Yeah. So if you look, I promise you, you'll see them. And ask and the if, Lord.
0: Ask the Lord.
1: Yeah. He'll he'll reveal those things to you. And when you see it, do it. Yeah. If you see it, it's now you own it.
0: That's right. <laughs> do it.
1: Take care of it. Um. Number six, are we, mo- are we moving on fast enough? You bet, enough? Man. We- you bet. Okay, I don't want to run out of time, but uh, uh, number six, this is, boy, this is a tough one, was for me anyway. Okay. Uh, I offer accountability instead of forcing my pastor to require it. I offer accountability instead of forcing my pastor to require it. And here's what that means. Um, I don't make him come and ask me questions about something that happened because he heard about it from somebody else. Uh, I immediately, if something goes less than perfectly, I send him an email, uh, I send him a text, I call him and say, hey, just wanted to let you know, such and such happened. Uh, Had this conversation with a parent, it went like this. So just in case you hear about it, I wanna make sure you know what what happened. Listen, I don't know of any lead pastor who enjoys uh, tracking down a member of his staff (laughs) or or, or checking on them uh, when there's a problem. You have to offer that accountability. Yes. And when you do, trust is built. Because if they have to come and, and and ask you a million questions to finally get to what really happened, you're not building trust there.
0: Right, right. Brian, here's what I would say with that. I always taught my staff, don't ever have me be caught flat-footed. I don't want to be caught flat footed. If there's a small situation, you let me know. So that when it comes to me and it's going to, I'm not caught caught flat footed and I get blocked back. And in the same way I said, here's how I do that. And so small and large, I had a plan to let them know I did I never wanted them to be caught flat footed. I learned that because when I was a kid, I, my mom and dad found out about a few things that I had done and they were caught flat footed. And I was like, understood not a good move
1: <laughs> yeah and the fact is is they probably told you like my parents if you tell us something that you did the punishment will be significantly less than that's if right. we hear about what you did that's right
0: That's so i right. would try
1: to rush home after school and tell them as quickly as possible before they got that well call not only
0: that not only that but when when an angry congregant comes to the senior pastor and this is the first that he's hearing about it i have yeah. not done my job right i want him yeah. to already say hey listen i'm i'm aware of this uh, uh you know josh came to me about this we totally understand and you know what here's the, the so if all never have them hear this first from them
1: yeah. cuz he wants to have your back but if he's not prepared for it he can't <laughs> give any sort of Uh, defense for you because he doesn't even know what in the world they're talking about. And that is an extremely,
0: I mean, this comes under the idea of treat others as you would want to be treated. Time out. I did not want to be caught flat footed when some parent is jamming me up. I don't want him to have to experience that.
1: Absolutely. So so don't make your pastor play detective. Take the initiative. Talk to him anytime there's a problem that he needs to know about. I mean, here's the deal. If you're going to be late to a meeting, text ahead of time. Of course. Uh, if something goes wrong, even if it's, you know, just uh, tiny, let him know. I've heard uh, staff leaders say all the time, well, I don't want to bother him. I don't want to bother. Listen, how how hard is it for him to get a text? And if he thinks that hey, this is irrelevant, he moves on. That's right. But if you don't send that text, what are the possibilities of him being cornered and like you said, being caught flat? That's right. You don't want to take that chance just give him a heads up it's, that's right it's
0: correct. okay final thing on that in the absence of information there is speculation and i want to be a guy who gives plenty of information yeah. all yeah, right it's good. give us our next one buddy
1: all right number seven i am committed to be open to correction you you alluded to it earlier uh we we often we we we, we take correction way too heavily Yes. and we, we are very defensive when we're corrected. When, when all they're trying to do is say, hey, here's a little something you could do a little bit different. Uh, they may not word it that way, but any kind of correction does not have to be overblown uh, in your yes. mind and suddenly you feel like you're uh, you know your character's being assassinated and, and yes. they're, they're coming at you. Listen. When your actions are being corrected, that doesn't mean your character's being questioned. Take right. it and receive it, learn from it, chill out. And uh, you know, learn from the challenge instead of defending yourself to the death. I had a real problem with that when I was a young minister, because I, you know, young people we think we we have to defend ourselves. And uh, well, you you misunderstand me, and you know, <laughs> whatever. It was just it was very easy for me to become super defensive anytime there was a, a correction. I've I've learned in my older years to just realize. My pastor wants me to be the best I can be. For sure. And so when they correct something, that is because not only do they want uh, it that mistake not to happen again, but they want us to be better for the rest of our lives. And for this sure. is the moment we can
0: learn. So, You know, and sure. I would say, agreed. And I would say that I assumed that they knew more and they had more experience than I have. And I was looking at all times, Brian, to learn the totality of the pastorate not just yeah. have to be a good kid pastor. I was looking to have the totality of being a great pastor. And I assumed he knows something that I don't know. And I always yeah. assumed that posture. That's good, man.
1: Well, and that brings us to our next one, because there is probably almost always something he knows that you don't know. Preach and so that. number nine, I, if, if, if I want to have a healthy relationship with my lead pastor, I fight the thought, if only I was in charge, Oof. You know that daydreaming of hmm, if I could make that call, here's what I would do. you know some of us don't do this, but a lot of us daydream about what it would be like if we were in charge of making the decisions that you know our lead pastors make. and, 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 and often we think we would handle the church better in this instance. but here's the deal. I spent a day, well two days with my pastor a couple of years ago. And just in that 48 hours, the mm-hmm. amount of phone calls and pressure filled conversations that he had to deal with, I had no idea the level of stress, anxiety, mm-hmm. and the enormity of every decision that he makes. Listen, I had a new appreciation for my pastor after that, yeah. that 48 hours. And, and being a lead pastor is really one of the most demanding jobs in the world. Guaranteed. Yeah. Well, think about it. They've got uh, financial decisions that are huge, organizational, spiritual, uh, relational decisions that that affect a lot of people. And the bigger the church, the bigger the burden. That's exactly um, right. Here's the deal. He didn't your pastor doesn't come whine to you about all the stresses and pressures that they're under. So you may not be even aware, but take my word for it. You don't want that responsibility. No, you do <laughs>
0: not. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I and of course the, the other thing is that the, the is that the senior pastor sits at the 100,000 foot view and i happen to maybe sit at 30, at 30 so when i, I yeah. am when i am turned down on a big idea that i have even though i may be deflated i have to say time out they they are they know more than i do And I'll never forget, I have to be brief on this one, but there was a time where I had this great initiative and it was going to solve all of these problems. And I put together an elaborate scheme to pull this off. And I was told (laughs) coldly no. And I was like, just crushed. Well, in a matter of two months, the very thing that I was trying to find a huge workaround for our whole church, that thing was being dismantled at the board level. In other words... I didn't know, and so I don't know things above my pay grade. Have a little confidence and have a little trust.
1: Exactly, we want them to trust us. How about we trust them? That's right, and I have to do that. And realize that they may not be able to tell you why that was not going to happen.
0: That's exactly right.
1: You need to to trust them. You need to trust them. Um, Next, I think I got two more. Is that you bet, buddy? Keep
0: on, keep on.
1: Uh, Number nine, I tell the whole truth the first time. Uh, If you want to build trust, you better come out with all of it. The first conversation that you have. Sometimes sometimes we exaggerate uh, the good things uh, because we want to impress people. And then we downplay bad things that happen so that we don't look foolish. But really, if you think about it, both of those are are really uh, untruths. Because they partial are. truths are, uh, are whole lies. That's kind of the way that I am always looking at e- it. Even
0: depending on whether you're, you're downselling a good or a bad thing or upselling a, a partially good thing, yeah. those are, those a- are a- identical.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so you got to tell the whole truth the first time because it saves a world of trouble. I got to tell you a, a story. Uh, I had a, a meeting uh, with one of mm-hmm. our staff, and it was supposed to be at 10 o'clock in the morning. All right. So it's 10 minutes past 10. He still wasn't there and so i called him and uh when he answered the phone he said hey i'm on my way i'll be there in a sec here's the problem i could hear his television in the background So I knew he was still at his apartment. Now his apartment was right across the street from the church, so it wasn't gonna take him long, but I knew he had forgotten all about it. And he was just suddenly, when he saw the phone, he, uh, he knew that it was me and he remembered, oh, that's right, I was supposed to be there. Well, when he arrived, I asked him about it. And he said, well, okay, I had forgotten about our meeting, but when I saw your name on caller ID, I started walking towards the door as I answered. So technically I was on my way.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Well, yeah, his answer was technically true. But it did not inspire any confidence or trust on my part, Because I knew he was trying to deceive me. And we do that a lot. And and, and we actually
0: do this a lot. I I don't care how
1: it's it's not because we want to deceive. It's because we're trying to put the best coding it. on the difficult truth. And we just don't want them to think bad of us. Go
0: ahead. I, 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 anybody that's out there, I don't care how great of a person you are. You are not only susceptible, you're playing out straight guilty of this. And so we got to yeah. be cautious of this.
1: Very much so. And if, if you tell the whole truth the first time, even if it's, especially if it makes you look foolish mm-hmm. and you're willing to to own up to that and you're willing to share that with
0: trust your has been built
1: big time because they know that was not easy for you to be honest That's and right. to be forthcoming and then they didn't have to drag it out of you you gave that and that that builds trust big it
0: time. does in addition when you when there ever is a question that they have to be like, well, I don't know. They're going to give you the benefit of the doubt when you've been that guy who's told on yourself repetitively. Yeah. I yeah. always wanted to be the guy where I'm like, when in question, okay, because time plus consistency of behavior is a reputation. I wanted yep. my reputation for them to go, when in question, here's what I've typically seen. Now, yeah. I got I got to go on this one that you're talking about because here's where I got burned, Brian. Um I wanted my way and I had big, you know me, I have big ideas. I want stuff. I want to conquer a bunch of things. And so sometimes I would, I would characterize something as being worse than it was and needed a fix because it was just, it was bad. Well, I'll never forget. This was going to my executive pastor at the time and I made this hard, hard, hard sell, I learned a very valuable lesson because he went and observed that thing that I thought was in dire straits. And he said, certainly doesn't seem to be as bad as you were portraying it. And I learned a powerful lesson, do not cry wolf. So that's another type of deception, whether I made a mistake or whether it's overselling a problem.
1: Be honest. Tell the truth. Oh, you mercy. want to develop the reputation of being someone who is always truthful, no That's matter right. how bad it makes you look. Huge. I love it. Last one. All right, you ready?
0: Man. You bet, man. This is great.
1: We're going to we're going to end on a high note. Uh, if you want to build and and maintain that healthy relationship with your lead pastor, express heartfelt appreciation. Yeah. Uh, for them, for who they are, for what they do for you, for any opportunity you get, um, express that heartfelt appreciation. Don't just feel it, because you know feeling appreciation is great. Yeah. But if they never hear you uh, express it, if you never actually tell them how 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 appreciative yeah. you are, well, I mean they can't read your mind. They don't know. Yes. And so I always, especially when I hear kids ministry leaders uh, talk about their pastor and you know and they're they're bragging on them or they're they're saying whatever, I say when was the last time you told him what you just told me? And they're like, wow, I mean, that's kind of embarrassing. I don't know. He, he wouldn't want to hear that. Yes, he Yo,
0: would. Yes, he would.
1: <laughs> you know, because I'll tell you, pastors hear all the negative all the time. Agreed. I mean, they get emails and calls and letters and sometimes anonymous letters about all the things people don't like. And for them to hear from somebody they've poured so much into right. and provided so much opportunity for, for them to hear from them that they are truly loved and appreciated and that we recognize the opportunity yes. for what it was and we value it, yes. And it makes such a big impact on them. So don't just be thankful, express it in a clear way that communicates your appreciation.
0: I would agree. I would also say that I was quick with pointing out things that I saw that were hard in their job and yeah. that they did well. So that's a unique type of appreciation. And I would yeah. say, Hey, you know what? I want to make sure nobody out there knows that you have seminary graduates sitting in the audience and you have somebody who's never heard the name of Jesus Christ and yeah. you balanced that message exquisitely. Yeah. And so I want to point out the things that are hard about their job and say, yeah. nobody knows this. Uh, another thing, If I, this is number 11, because I just thought of it, Brian, one (laughs) one thing that I always sought to do is I would think in my mind before I marched into his office, I would say, if 10 other staff leaders came in and did this today, how would that go for him? And I would be cautious about, about intrusion and think, okay, hang on, is this necessary right now? Because there's a whole bunch of other people and I ain't the only pig at the feeding trough. I need to be
1: <laughs> oh, great illustration.
0: Well, I mean, you know what I'm saying? If you know all of us staff pastors, we're, we're wanting more, we're wanting this, we're wanting that. Yeah. And, and he and the executive pastor are putting out the feed. I ain't the only mouth here, brother. And yeah, so, right. you know, but, but even, even set aside budget and things like that. I don't want to be, what does it say in Proverbs? Sorry. It says, uh, don't often, <laughs> don't, you know. yeah, yeah. Don't often be in your brother's house, lest he hate you. So like <laughs> give it, you know, don't be that guy who wears out the welcome. Be thoughtful yeah. because they are dealing with way more than we realize in terms of their time and their demands.
1: That's so good. You know, I uh, in the last oh I don't know how many years, but a long time I've kind of I've just tried to to make gratitude kind of a, a a normal part of my communication. Yeah. Just this past week, I think I I sent him an email uh, thanking him for uh, a, a new um, try to phrase this properly a, a benefit that he allowed several of us to be able to experience. Yeah. Um, that. That he didn't have to do, but he did. And it was because of his generous heart that he chose to do that. And I got to tell you, it it moved my heart. And I just, I I told him, I said, look, you don't have to do, you don't have to do this. You go above and beyond from what I see from other bosses. And just thank you for being so generous. And I thank him for, you know, silly stuff. Like we have coffee in the break room. And, dude, we got a bunch of caffeinated addicts (laughs) in our church. (laughs) And if that coffee ain't cheap and he provides that for us, we don't have to put money in a jar and, you know, pay for every cup of coffee. He just, he has decided that's something he wants to bless us with. I told him, thank you for that. I I need the book. And it was a super blessing. You might think, oh, this is silly. I don't want to be appreciative about this. Whatever you can say to your pastor to thank him and appreciate him or her, um, it, it would make a big difference. So here's what I'm gonna challenge everybody who's listening right now right. to do. Okay? I love it. I want you to push pause on this podcast and I want you to move to your text messages and send your pastor an appreciation text right now. Tell them how thankful you are to be mm-hmm. able to serve them. Um, and now if there is some kind of unresolved conflict between the two of you, don't do that through text. Instead, uh, pray about it ahead of time and then go and just ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Whether you were the one who started it or, or, or mostly to blame, doesn't matter. Just get it, it. Start, yeah, get it opened
0: up. Start, get it started.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we got we to gotta take our part. We said it at the beginning of this podcast. Every relationship is a two-way street. That's that right. especially applies to the lead pastor, staff pastor relationship it's got to be nurtured. It's got to be something that's intentional. And let me tell you, when that relationship is healthy, it blesses the church, it it blesses the kingdom, it blesses the world. But whenever it's not healthy, it does the opposite for all those things. And so we've got to be very careful to do our part to build and maintain that healthy relationship.
0: I love it i love it this is good stuff and and you know i gotta say there's a lot of these things that i was quite successful with and even amid challenging relationships god was allowing me to be successful with this uh you know you've, you, you've helped us brian this is really good and i think that i do want to encourage the listeners literally take the challenge literally take the challenge and send a text immediately you won't regret yeah. it brian thank you Thank you. You've got a lot, a lot, a lot of wisdom in this. I've observed you do this well. We've been friends. This is not pie in the sky. This is, this is like, we're talking reputation. This is exactly who you are. I've watched this many, many, many times. So thank you for being with us today.
1: Well, you're welcome. And as the proverb says, don't talk to idiots. They'll hate you because you sound smart. I just I just googled <laughs> funny proverb just to share one. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's too good. That is too good. Yes, and that's the other challenge is start reading the proverbs. No, I'm kidding. Yes, well, Brian, indeed. God bless you. Thanks for all of your help today with this and uh, everybody out there on the podcast, thank you guys so much. We will catch you guys on the next one. Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Before we close, would you do us a favor? We need your help to get the word out about the Lead Volunteers Podcast. Three simple steps. First, subscribe. Second, leave a comment. And third, share the link to this episode on social media. Thanks again and keep leading your volunteers.